Dear Romance Besties, this season we will be exploring dark romance. That means I need to give y'all a little trigger warning. We are going to be reading books where consent is murky at best. There will be triggering topics of psychological and physical abuse, manipulation, kidnapping, slavery, rape, bullying, bodice ripping, and sexual assault on the page. If this is not your cup of tea, we get it. We have lots of great books for you in our previous seasons and more coming up next season. Without further ado, Shani, welcome to the dark side. Ooh, thank you, Bridget. I'm ready. Hope to see you out there. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance Dark Season. I'm Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. Hello, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. I've actually been, like, itching and chomping at the bit to talk about this book with you. I just finished it. You guys, disclaimer, I normally finish these books well in advance because as soon as we get the list, I want to read all 10 books immediately. And this one, I was painting my entire house. And so I did not have time to read it. And Shawnee's like, I'm going to be able to record tonight. This is like last night at midnight. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll read it tomorrow during the day. This book was really <laughs> long. Fear Me by B.B. Reed is the book we're talking about. And it is a long book. It is longer than I thought it was going to be. It was longer than it should have been. <laughs> I will not disagree with that. And it, I did not finish until like 9 p.m. So it is all happening right now, Shawnee. Right now. It's fresh. Let's do this, Bridget. Let's get this shit popping. <laughs> Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, everyone, as I said, we are talking about Fear Me by B.B. Reed. And I do have to say that, Shani, I was into the cover. This book was recommended to us by our fair friends on Instagram. Thank you all for your recommendations. And if you want to recommend books to us in the future, you can do so by leaving us a review or by hitting us up on Instagram and letting us know future seasons. We always need more books. I liked the cover. I thought the abs, the abs with the hood, with the darkness. Mm -hmm. I mean, the book is called Fear Me, which I feel like is a really good dark romance title. Had me. So I was into it. I like that you can't see the face. I love that you can't see the face. You just did the abs. What's going to happen, Bridget? What's going to happen? We all know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling tingly in places by the anticipation. (laughs) I agree. I think the title was really good for a dark romance. I feel like the cover was really good. And the thing about it is, it's like, it's just a guy on the cover with his abs out. But... His face is covered and the hood is down. It gives you that suspense feel. There's shadows like all around him. Yeah. And I'm like, this is how you take a cover that's just the same as every other cover and make it like your own and make it actually fit your genre and what your book is about. And I'm like, yes, I support this. I support that six pack. Well, I will like to say that this is book number one of the Broken Love series. However, I thought that when I read the description and read some of the reviews that this was going to be a book about this couple and then each book was going to feature like the subsequent friends. And it turns out not the case. This book and book two feature the main couple and then book three is the next couple. So they got me. They got me. They got me. They did And we try not to do that on this podcast because, you know, because we want to be able to get the HEA, you know what I'm saying? Get those HEA vibes. But we did not succeed in this. And I was like 70% of the way through, I was like, how the fuck are they going to wrap all this shit up? I was like, there's no way we're going to get through all these plot points. There's just like absolutely no way. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. You got to 70% and we're like, well, I can't get through it. So I'll just have to have a book too. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell me before we get too far about the narrator and the audiobook. So the narrator of the audiobook, I really loved. Her name was Ava Erickson. And I thought she did a really great job. Like, I actually thought about her as she was reading. And I was like, oh, I like the dynamics of her voice. I also like how she does the, the men. And so I support this narrator, and I think you should go follow some of her other works and see what else she's got out there. Yeah, the second book is Split POV. So I wonder if in the second book it's Ava and then another, like a male narrator. Because you get the male and the female character POVs in the second book. So you actually get get to get into Kieran's head, which I think would have been really helpful in this book. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, only because... Like, Ava was the one running this book. And so to have the same couple in the next book, if I were were to go straight into the next book and then to have the split POV, I feel like I'd be a little bit like, what's happening? But I don't know. We'll see. Actually, now that I'm... Let me just recap, you guys. So book one is Kieran and Lake. That's their names. Book two, also Kieran and Lake. Book three is his cousin slash actually brother, Keenan and Sheldon. And then book four is Dash and Willow which is Dash is their best friend and Willow is Lake's best friend. And then book five, which is like a teen romance that everyone falls in love with all the best friends, which I totally was fine with. I think <laughs> fiction, I love it. In book five, we're back to Kieran and Lake again. So I don't think at the end of book two, they're getting a very satisfying HEA yet. Shawnee, they're only 18. They're 17 and 18 years old. What are they going to get? I mean, what, what's the happily ever after? You know, <laughs> like, like we're, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. He's going to get over what's his happening? nonsense. Face the demons of his past. They're going to go to college together. He's going to go to the NBA. She's going to become a famous artist or a writer. And they're going to live happily ever after and have a gaggle of babies. Have you never read romance? I'm confused. Gaggle. <laughs> Always you have to have a gaggle of children to be happy. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Which is, like, really funny because I went to my cousin's house today. and She has a gaggle of children. And I was like oh my gosh, my home is so quiet. Like, I couldn't wait to go home. I was like, my house is so quiet. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that every night when my children are asleep and I'm like, oh, what is this blissful energy in the house where I can hear myself thinking about things? Okay, be honest, Bridget. How many times a year, let's say a year, how many times a year do you look at your husband and go like, it could have just been us? Like three times a week. Especially during quarantine, because it wasn't so noticeable when there's just other things going around. So like when we could go visit family or other people could babysit. I mean, we're really lucky that our daycare didn't shut down for more than a few weeks, but we can't drop them off with people anymore to like, oh, an uncle want to see them for an afternoon or like, oh, hey, someone's in town. They're like, oh, go to the grocery store by yourself for an hour. Like there's none of that anymore. So there's no separation now, aside from the fact that, again, I get to like work during the day while they're at school, but I'm like working. It's not like I'm getting like quality me time. I'm like (laughs) trying to finish my projects and my client shit, like in a truncated amount of time while they're at school, while in addition to like doing, you know, all the other like house stuff. So I think that's the biggest thing is that it's just like, I think next year in 2022, when we're allowed to see people again, I think it'll be way different. Because, like, my brother and his wife will be like, hey, why don't you drop the kids off for the whole day? The whole day and just yeah. do whatever, you know, <laughs> or drop them off for the weekend. And then we'll drop our kids off to you for the whole weekend. You can have a whole weekend. And that'll be, like, a regular thing. Or we'll go on vacation. 
And when we go on, like, you know, family vacations, there's always, like, an aunt or a cousin or someone who wants to play with little babies. They're so cute when they're not yours. <laughs> so I think that's the hardest thing. And I'm sure other people in quarantine feel the same, whether their kids are little or big. It's just like, or it's just like your partner or your roommate or whatever. It's just like there's no separation anymore. And that, I think, is the hardest. Okay. So that's why I think so many people like this book on Goodreads. Because I feel like people are escaping their gaggle of children into this teen world of being 17, 18, teen angst, like, world. So, as you know, I love teenage television shows, movies. Because I think when when written or seen in a really good way, that first love is such a powerful thing to witness. Like the first, you know, time someone lets their heart out there. The first, like, it's new, you know what I mean? So like, I think that rush of like endorphins and of serotonin that you feel while you watch that and get to be in that story. I love it. It's bliss for me. So I totally agree with you. I also think that it's so different than anything that I'm just going to say like normal people, like within the boundaries of like, quote unquote, normal society, because whatever go through, because like at my high school, like we had popular kids, but we didn't have anyone. And we had like rich kids, you know, whose parents I'm sure were powerful or whatever. But we didn't have like a kid who teachers were afraid of. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have a kid who like adults would look the other way when they like put a girl over their shoulder and carried her off. The security guards at my yeah. school would have been like, <laughs> put that girl down. Put that girl down right now. <laughs> Detention. <laughs> like I witnessed, of course, like everyone else in high school, bad behavior by girls and boys and bullying on both sides. But like anything that got like egregious, especially between guys and girls, got broken up real quick. Friends would swoop in and break it up because nobody wanted to like go to the principal or get suspended or expelled. So that to me was like a pretty unbelievable thing. Shani, I'm going to tell you the synopsis of the story. I'm like, tell me the synopsis of the story. Let's bring it back because once we get into this, there's no coming back. (laughs) All right, you ready? This is a special one just for you. Popped into my head. Oh, I love it. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world while they sat and saw her bullied every day by an absolute psycho named Kirian. (laughs) This is the story of a girl who fell in love with her bully one year after he thought she framed him. He came back to torment her and take her virginity. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, shit. First of all, I was not prepared. Second of all, thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank you for You're that. Welcome. <laughs> appreciate it. That is the only time in my life I want someone to sing to me. <laughs> At least I didn't stare into your eyes, Shawnee, even via Zoom. First of all, but no, no, you nailed that. I think you did an amazing job, Bridget. Like, I can't clap because it'll spike the mic, but I'm clapping over you. <laughs> so basically, you guys, that is the story. There's this girl, and when she's a child, she is visiting her aunt and goes to the playground and a little boy is trapped on the monkey bars and she had met this new girl and became friends with her goes and is going to climb the monkey bars to save him and this other little boy is like don't go up there and she's like well he needs help so i'm gonna go and then he's like you can't go and she she go starts to climb up and he yanks her off the monkey bars breaks her arm and she's like unconscious for two days that's the first time they meet and then he proceeds to just like torment her for 10 years and (laughs) like he's incredibly mean 
incredibly cruel. He like constantly, mo- like every single day she cries at school. He like knocks her books out of her bag. He says horrible things, spreads rumors about her. He warns every person in school not to be her friend, not no boys to date her. Like she only has one friend. Like she has a really shitty existence. And she doesn't understand why as she's developing and goes through puberty and stuff, she doesn't understand why she starts to desire him and like kind of have this crush on him. And she thinks there's something wrong with her and she's sort of twisted. And meanwhile, like we don't really get an insight into him until like the last chapter of the book. (laughs) I will say it is 500, 457 pages into this book. We finally get an insight into him. Oh, and then, okay, wait, hold on. Let me not get to the fact that we know nothing about him. So all we know at the beginning of the book is that he's been gone for a year, which was her junior year. And she finally like stopped being afraid and at school and like made some other friends and like got a small part-time job and was sort of happy. And it turns out that he went to juvie and he thinks she framed him for dealing drugs and like that it's all her fault. So when he comes back, he's like promises that he's going to make, you thought it was bad before, it's going to be worse now. And now basically he's like, I'm going to own you body and soul. I'm going to take your virginity. I'm going to take everything because you're mine. And I was like, okay, it's dark romance. Well, obviously he's a psycho. So like, let's go into that world. And I will say that this is definitely the darkest of the four books we've read so far because he's a real piece of work. And the consent in this book is there later. <laughs> later, but, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, there. there wasn't. And I felt bad for her because not only does he take her virginity and he doesn't think of it as rape because he's like well you agreed to it but the only reason she agrees to it is because he's literally having her aunt followed in another country and says he will have her killed and i'm like that's not what consent is bro (laughs) (laughs) and she even says that to him later She's like, I don't think I can go to school. And he's like, why not? And she's like, maybe because it looks like I've been beaten. Attempt to hide the disdain I felt. You came, didn't you? Many times, as I recall. You do realize you blackmailed me into sex, right? (laughs) Keep telling yourself that. (laughs) He smirked. You should have stayed away. And I was like, no, she's (laughs) telling... Like, I wanted him to... Okay. (laughs) You wanted him to be bad. No, I wanted him to be like... I guess, I, I don't know, but maybe a lot of manipulative assholes do think that they're not doing something that's wrong. They do think that, like, well, she said yes, even though I forced her hand and there was nothing else she could do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's like, okay, so for me, so let me just start with full disclosure. YA, young angsty teen books, things like that, like Buffy. I mean, I actually only watched a few episodes of Buffy, Buffy, so I don't know if that's my job. I was like, don't loop Buffy into this. You keep her name out of your mouth, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in season one of Buffy, so I won't say anything because I'm actually enjoying it. Oh, season two and three are much better than season one. Okay, yeah, what I feel like is really, it's like book one of any book where it's just really getting things rolling. But anyways, any young adult stuff, angsty stuff like this, it's not my cup of tea. I didn't know if it was or it wasn't, but after reading this book, I've decided... That is not my cup of tea because we read that L.J. Shen book where the characters were really young. They were like 18 years old or whatever. First off, the idea of the 17, 18 year olds doesn't do anything for me in my brain. Most of the time I was like, where are your parents? Well, they're not there. So the whole book, her aunt is on a six week tour for her book and his uncle is just literally never there. No, no. But her aunt was there for the 10 years that she's being bullied this entire time. 
You know what I mean? Like, my brain is just like, where are the teachers? Why are they not doing anything? How is he able to just walk in and tell her what she's going to do in the middle of class? And I don't understand. But I get like, okay, this is a genre. I'm trying to dis- suspend my disbelief. But it's hard to because I'm like, these are children. Like, in my mind, they're children, which is some people's Jimmy Jam, especially when I look on Goodreads. People are like, look, I like that, that 17, 18-year-old thing. I'm like, okay, that's good for you. But I don't like the angst that comes with it. And I think it's because we've talked about before. I love a controlled alpha sadist, right? So in dark romance, in this book, right, there's no consent, right? I read a lot of books where there's no consent, and I'm fine with that. In the books, because the hero, this alpha hero, has a controlledness to them and a presence to them that I'm just like, oof, oof. Yeah. This little boy had none of that. He was going between throwing fits. Yeah, the day he like hit her with the belt and like kept spanking her until she was crying and like then didn't kept going and didn't stop. And I was like, well, well, why is she forgiving you for that? That's crazy. <laughs> That's assault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have to say, though, I think this book in general could have lost 30% easily. I think it could have lost so much. Like, it was so long. Oh, my God. 30% of this book could have gone. I think she did in the scenes where they were boning. So the scene where he, like, ate her out in the li- in the, the classroom. And he, like, made... So he, like, brought her to school early. And he made her, like, take off her underwear. And then, like, put them in her mouth and, like, crawl over to him and crawl up on the desk and spread her legs for him. And he was like, we're going to stay here until you come, whether they come in this room or not. So you better give it up for me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay, (laughs) this is the energy I would like the book to now continue with. Because I think in general, at least so far in the ones that we've read, dark romances, the characters do a lot of bad things. And in real life, would I excuse any of them? No, I would put that man in jail. I would have been like, this dude is a psycho. But in a dark romance, I think as long as the character can evolve and can, again, like we've said it before, like shine for that one person. And like he didn't have to be a nice person to anyone else, but he also wasn't nice. He didn't ever fully become nice to her and not nice in like a he has to be sweetened by her flowers nice, but in a like he's not an asshole to her kind of way. Because they had some good energy where they were doing those flirty text messages, Shawnee, at one point. And I was like, ooh, I love a flirty text message. Like, that shit sings in my blood. And then that just fell off. And I was like, where's that? No, keep that in. I liked that energy. Well, there was also, like, a weird thing for me that happened where, like, at the beginning of the book, he believes that she turned him in. And that's why he was in juvie. And then partway through the book which happened at an awkward time in the book for me, by the way. Like, it happened in the weird middle where he finds out that she didn't turn him in. And then he's, like, a little bit nicer to her, and she's happy that he's, like, a little bit nicer, and she's starting to get, like, a little bit of a backbone, but then she starts getting a backbone and then and then letting go of the backbone. Like, she has a backbone, she stands up to him, and then she doesn't. He's going to kill her and kill her aunt, and then she's back, and she's loving, she's feeling the feelings, and then she, he's going to kill her and just kill her aunt. And I was like, yo, my, you got to pick one. He was threatening to kill her aunt way too late in the book, I thought. Yeah, like after they had already made a transition to being a better, like more of a loving or having a little bit more of a couple. Like he claimed her in public. Yeah, he kissed her in public. I was like, okay, 
evolving characters expanding yeah like in front of his friends and stuff like that and then he's like i will kill your aunt and it's like well that's not i mean okay i thought we moved past that but it did feel like a regression like a big regression (laughs) to me and that book was too long also didn't you think it was weird that he didn't believe her so they all believed that she was the one who turned him in because someone stole her cell phone and made the call from her cell phone using her name with the tip that he had, like, drugs in his locker that he was going to sell. That's why he went to juke. But first of all, she's smart. And so that would, like, make no sense that she gave her own name and used her own cell phone because she's smart. And secondly, she tells them all individually. Him, his cousin slash brother, his best friend, his best friend's girl or his cousin slash brother's girlfriend. All of them have been told individually by her, I did not do this. Like, I did not call. I lost my phone that day. I could not find it. I think someone stole it from me. I had to get a new phone. And it wasn't me. Listen, I have a better idea. Tell me. I have a better idea. This is this is the thing that I, why I didn't believe that. Like, exactly what you're saying, right? Like, why didn't they believe her? One, because he was picking up her journal and literally reading it. So I can't imagine that she left that out of her journal when she talks about, I journal incessantly, I journal all my thoughts and feelings and my feelings about him, but whatever. And you're not, you didn't journal that not only did you not call the police, but who you really think did call the police and like, and that you're being accused of it and that you didn't do it. Like all of that would have been in her journal to me. So when he's reading, going through her journal and stuff like that, I'm like, how is that not, how are you not coming across that? Yeah, it's funny because I would definitely read another one of her books because there were definitely parts of this book that I enjoyed. But I think the book was so long. And for me, so they set up this miss. So many fucking plot points. They set up, first of all, like normally in a book, you set up that the other characters are going to get together in future books. But in this book, she tried to like cram in that the side characters were falling in love and dating and all their angst within this book. But it wasn't from their POV. It was like a side. It was, you know, so it's like we didn't really get to be in their drama because we were still in this drama, but it was taking up too much screen time for them from the main couple. It would have been better if they had had like a real sizzling, like every time they were around each other, they were just like spewing venom and like, both of them were like huffing about the other person because there was all this sexual tension, which then gets unleashed by the time we get to their book. But I found myself honestly like really fucking tired, like halfway through or maybe like 60% of the way through because I was like, when are we ever going to find out about his past? Because they kept, she kept asking him like, what happened to you? Like, what is going on? He has like no birth certificate, no birth record. Like his, everything's been wiped clean. So it's clear like some sort of nefarious. And I was like, okay, is this like some sort of syndicate thing? Are we going into like, like, it's a bully romance, but maybe it's shifting into, like, some sort of mafia family, like, rich people, crime lords or something. That was the weird thing for me. I was like, what's happening here? And then they seemed like they were into, like, criminal activity, and then it was just alcohol, but then they went back to criminal activity that we didn't know what it was. And it, I was like, I was like, where, like, where are we on the, on the spectrum here? And then there was, like, a thing that, like, there was an off comment that they said early on, like, where her radio got broken and miraculously Kieran beat up this boy and she's like I never really did find out who broke my radio and I was like but they'd already explained that he beat up this boy and that this happened I was like this is such a predictable was why are we and that was just to show that he was been watching out for her since she was young I thought it was a useless piece of information in the book so I really 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 hated this character of Trevor because 
okay, so I understand that he wants to turn in the guy because he's, you know, he's tired of him getting all the girls and the attention and the whatever, and so he wants to turn him in. Okay, cool. That's, that's the bad guy. But, like, why is Trevor constantly going after her? And then I felt like there was a, a part in the book where I felt like, because of Kieran, the Kieran's behavior towards Lake made it so that Trevor felt like he could also be an asshole to Lake. But then he just kept coming back and back and back. When she wasn't even alone, she was with her friends and things like that. And he's coming to grab her and take her somewhere. And Because he was in cahoots with Mr. Martin. Yes, but it didn't make sense to me that out in the middle of the blue, right, or in public spaces, he would try to get her. Like when she was in the bathroom. That is a public space. When she's with her friends at the whatever. Well, he's trying to rape her in the bathroom. Yeah, but it like he just kept coming. And I was just kind of like, it just felt forced. To me, his character felt super forced and that he was always she was always being saved by um, Kieran. And that's how we are supposed to fall in love with him as a as a good person for her, because he's an asshole, but he's an asshole for her to whatever. And I just I don't know. I couldn't bridge it. Yeah. What did you think of Sheldon? Sheldon is Keenan's Kieran's brother, cousin's girlfriend. Keenan's girlfriend, yes. She was the one who was, like, trying to make friends with her at the beginning of the book and was, like, she's in the popular crowd. But she's like, I really like you. I dig you. I liked where that character was going. I, I liked the... I thought she was one of the best developed of the side characters. She was, like, the sane. I felt like she was the most sane of the any of the characters. I mean, she wasn't that sane because she saw her handcuffed in the bedroom and was like, are, are you okay? And then just leaves her there. And I was just like... No, nah, bitch, she's not okay. Uncomfort. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Listen. But she, like, listen. <laughs> out of the group of these insane Out of them. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. She's the best of the bunch. She was the best out of these. It's, because it, this book didn't make no sense to me, bro. It didn't make no sense. I liked that she also was, like, very anti-type. So, like, when you first have her character described, she's, like, a popular cheerleader who's in this, like, very PDA-heavy relationship with the popular dude who runs in this bad boy crowd. And then it turns out that she's actually, like, really kind and, like, befriends, you know, Lake and kind of is her champion and, like, will defend her to Keenan and Kieran. And it's like, back off, you guys. Like, fuck you guys are being assholes. Like, I liked her. I actually liked her character. I would like to see her book with Keenan in the future. I am skeptical, right? Because like the way this author wrote Lake, I was like so annoyed. She was too waffly. I was so she was she was so waffly, but she, honestly she had no backbone and then there's moments where she's supposed to try to get a backbone but it doesn't it only lasts about 2 seconds ever. Yeah. Did you see that three different people? So Dash, Kieran, and Mr. Martin all said at some point, like, ooh, he's going to have trouble with you. Like, oh, you're spicy because you're talking back. And I was like, he doesn't have any trouble with her. What are you talking about? He says one thing and she just shuts down and is like, okay, I'll be your sex doll. Exactly. And I was just like, I'm not opposed to her being his sex doll, but like, let's lean into the sex doll though. Yes. Don't like the little, the half fighting didn't make any sense to me. And even in her inner monologue where she's like ramping herself up and she's like, yeah, I got a backbone, blah, blah, blah. And she's, the, the author spends his time telling us how much of a backbone she's got and how she's over it. And then two seconds later, she's under him again. And it's, I don't feel like she ever really accepted the fact that she liked to submit to him in the book. I felt like every time they fucked, she was like, 
obviously I love what's happening here. And I learned that I do like, he said to her numerous times, like, you like it when I give you commands. You like it when I dominate you. Look how wet you are on my fingers. You know, like how many times you come on me. And so like, but I don't feel like she ever fully owned, maybe that's book two, but I don't feel like she ever really fully owned like what that is for herself. To be fair, she's also 18 years old and this is a bully romance and he's been mean to her for 10 years, so... It's fresh. It's a fresh romance. Also, I want to state that there's absolutely no reason for their love story to go past one book. They don't have enough substance as characters to go beyond one book for me. There's three books. There's three books for them. There's one coming up and then it skips to two with the friends. And then there's a third one at the end. And why? What life have they lived? The next book is going to be about his past coming back. And them as a couple, my assumption is it'll be about them as a couple against his past. So they'll get their happily. Again, that could have been all in this one long ass book that she put out. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I do, because I think for me, at least it would have been, first of all, the book could have been shorter in general. But I also think even if you did two books with them, they could have each been like a tight 300 pages versus this one was like almost 500 pages or something and it's almost 500 and all over all over the place place. and i had so much trouble because the part that i thought was intriguing was like clearly he had this horrible childhood something horrible happened to be dropped off at eight doesn't ever speak to his uncle who took him in like clearly has a lot of violence in him and is willing to use and wield the violence casually comfortably like he grew up on it so you know and then he mentions things like throughout the book you get like little nuggets of like well i wasn't with my mother or like i didn't know her i was with other people and then later she here overhears him say like the people who owned me and like so you get like little nuggets but you really don't find out until literally like the last chapter that he was sold by his father to evil people and they trained him as a child to kill people and kill other kids kill adults just like all sorts of terrible things which i'm like i'm not mad at the storyline of him being like a trained killer however just hear me out if i was a person who trained kids to be killers the number one thing i would train them to do is shut the fuck up about it right every 10 seconds he's like i will kill you i will kill your aunt i will kill everyone i will He's like, he takes the two friends, Trevor and then the girl who turned him in. He takes them and kills them or whatever. Well, we don't think, I don't actually think he killed them. Well, actually, I don't think so either. Because the way that she writes the books and sets it up, I don't think she's going to make it be him. But Lakes turns him in at the end of the book for having killed them. Which I thought was some bush leagueness, frankly. I was (laughs) like, this is where you draw the line. I mean, granted, drawing the line at like two people getting burned alive, sure. But I honestly, in my brain, her, Willow, and... Sheldon, but especially Sheldon and Blair and Lake really reminded me of mafia wives or when so Sheldon is the mafia wife who grew up in the mafia families, knows the culture, knows it all. Lake is the girl who's fell in love with this guy and now finds out that he's part of organized crime. So she doesn't know the rules. She doesn't know. And so she's like, shouldn't we help them? And the mafia wife is like, no, they got this. We don't want to know. We don't want, we don't ask questions. We don't want to know. Like that was like Sheldon's like main thing was like, I don't ask questions. And her boyfriend 
was the one who's like, we have to drop her off because I don't involve her in any of this stuff. And so he's like the true mafia Don whose wife stays clean. And I, that's like in my yeah. brain how I was like, oh, okay, that, that guy actually kind of makes sense to me because I think that is how a lot of organized crime families happen where the women are basically just trying to stay alive in a very violent circumstance and so they look the other way and don't ask questions that they don't want answers to but they're also 17 and 18 years old and i for sure would be like nah bitch i'm bringing over my computer hacker friend i'm gonna find out about your past (laughs) i'm gonna bury you i'm gonna find something so in the middle of the book she did say something about like i want to get back at them i want to bury them and then that plot line like it was like this whole huge like moment yes and willow she gave it up in two, two seconds, seconds. She, gave it- she got that <laughs> dick in her and she got those orgasms rolling and she was like yeah but i think he actually likes me and i was like okay well i think you should have edited out that she was gonna make a stand if she's not gonna make a stand i mean i'm with you with that because she was like she got her friend to hack and things she's trying to find all the information whatever and then he, like, confronts her a little bit. And she's like, I think you can tell when I'm lying or something. I don't know what bullshit she said. And then she just spilled the whole beans to him. Like, I was going to take you down. And I was like, why did we follow this journey for you to just tell him like that? I felt like this author was trying to infuriate me in this book. Like, I was so mad. Bridget, if we were not reading this book for the podcast, this was a DNF for me. I would have not finished this book past the 40% mark. I was like, what is happening? And when I was done, it's so funny because I wrote this as one in my one of my reviews because somebody else wrote this. I, I think three of the people I found wrote this. I was like, what did I just read? <laughs> like, what the fuck did I read? I liked her grandma. I'm just like, the weird thing is, is like there were like over the course of the book, there were probably like 10 chapters or scenes that I really liked. And again, I think in the future, like I could see where with a tighter editor and a tighter book, obviously not maybe not high schoolers, but I would enjoy this author because she does know how to write certain parts. Like when they go meet the grandma and the grandma's like looking out the windows, she's like, who are those two hotties you brought with you? And she's like fluffing her hair. And then they come in and the grandma like calls them on their shit immediately. And it's like, do better next time I see you. I was like, oh, scorch the earth, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) So I I totally 100% agree with you, right? Where I'm like, okay, so it's like been five years, I think, since this book was published or something like that. So I'm like hopeful that this author, B.B. Reed has like, tightened up her game but the thing is this book felt to me like she was writing and making it up as she went along right this also feels like a fan fiction book to me where every chapter you're trying to insert a new thing so much drama so that you can have something to resolve and then it's a novella this was a novella that's people that got squished into a like a spanish novella not like a you know small book but like that got squished into this story where I'm like, wait, why are 10 different things happening right now? And wait, what happened to this thing? We never got a resolve for that. And what happened to this? And that these things can't all be resolved in book two. That's not fair to your readers in book one. I think that there needs to be an arc that's completed in book one before you're thinking of a book two. And it makes me very angry. And when authors write a book two, when they did not do a good job in book one of giving enough Like, to me, book one was incomplete, and it was too long. (laughs) It was too long, and it was incomplete. And so, like, that annoys me a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in my notes, I wrote, no H-E-A, leaving her for her own good? What a pussy-ass bitch. (laughs) 
And also, shouldn't he be a lung match for his brother? Those were my those are my three end end of the book notes. So basically, right at the end, we find out that Mr. Martin, who's been creeping on her for a year, but you knew that it was his brother the whole time, right? She mentioned a couple of times that they looked really similar, but I didn't really see it as being like a relevant plot point. So I was like, maybe it could happen, but I didn't like know for sure it was going to happen because at the moment it didn't seem to help or it didn't seem to matter because I was thinking originally, so Mr. Martin turns out to be Kieran's dad is this like dude who comes into the gym where she works pretty often and he just is kind of creepy. So he asks her about school and boys and like, he's an older dude and she's like, gets the heebie-jeebies and is kind of like does what every other woman in society does when you're working in a job where you have to interface with people who are creepy. And she sort of just politely smiles and nods and scans his card and sends him on his way by giving him like the bare minimum of contact with her. And then he, like, later shows up somewhere that she is and Dash, like, is like, get away from him because Dash is getting a serious creep vibe, too. So I honestly thought that this book, what was going to happen was that he was going to have been the person who broke in. But I didn't actually think it was going to be his dad because I was like, that's getting way too complicated. I thought he was just going to be a creepy stalker. And that Kieran was going to save her from the creepy stalker, or Kieran and his friends, maybe. And that that guy was going to sort of punish her for being with Kieran, because he's been stalking her and wanting her. And now he knows that she, like, let some other boy, you know, how like, there's always, like, they let someone else inside you sort of thing. And that Kieran was going to, like, drive away pissed. She's going to get kidnapped or captured or tied up or whatnot. And then he's going to, like, realize his mistake and go back. But, like, either it's going to be too late because it's dark romance. So she's already going to have been, like, raped or something bad's already going to have happened. But then he'll still save the day. Like, the rest of the day. Half the day is ruined, but he'll save yeah. the rest. Or <laughs> he's going to realize his folly right away and turn right back around and save her before anything bad happens. So that's actually what I thought was going to happen was that he was just going to be a run-of-the-mill creep. And the other reason I thought that was going to be run-of-the-mill is because so little was revealed about his past for the whole book. I was like, well, it's clearly not relevant. It's relevant only in his character development and explaining why he's such an asshole and why he has so many emotional problems and like doesn't know how to be friends and love people and like why he never was taught any of that. So I was like, okay, like it's only relevant for his character. So it's not. So yeah, I did not think it was going to be his brother. And I did not think Mr. Martin was his dad at all. When he turned out to be his dad, I was like, the fuck is going on in this book? (laughs) I mean, I feel like I saw that shit coming. But the one thing that I did think that was going to happen that was going to be kind of fucked up is that, like, the girl who was his mom or something, I thought that he was going to have, like, slept with his mom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh, as a kid? As a kid, yeah, like... And they even said there's a point where he had that, like, they wanted him to have a sexual situation, do a fantasy with these, whatever. Like, he was eight and the little girl was also eight or seven because they were doing it for some pedophile. Yeah, like, they were siblings or something. They were like, yeah, I thought that there was going to be something like that in this book because, first of all, they kept talking about, yes, I did. And so, oh, you know who I thought was going to be related? Who? I thought Willow was going to be related to Dash because Willow's mom didn't want her dating Dash because she had had an affair with a rich man in town. And I was like, 
oh, they gonna be siblings. I was like, oh, they gonna be half siblings. It's so dirty. And I was You're like, correct. Because the mom heard that who she was dating and then it was all an automatic no. I'm with you on that. I thought oh, maybe it'll come out in there. I book. still think there's something gonna come out. I'm not gonna find out because I'm definitely not reading any more of this series whatsoever. I might skim some, uh, some reviews just to see <laughs> what the answer is. <laughs> I would be interested. I so the same. BB- I don't think we have that dark romance incest in this season, Shani. Although to be fair, it's very hard to tell what's going on in these books from the descriptions. So true, very true. Maybe we do. And also, first of all, I rewound so much in this book. I don't know if you had to go back and be. Like, I literally, Shani, fell asleep. I had to go take a bath because I was like, "Well, I know I'm not gonna fall asleep in the bathtub while reading to finish the last hour and a half of the book." I just laid in the bathtub so I wouldn't fall asleep. I fell asleep five different times while reading this book (laughs) five times and not only that when i was awake i had to go back and i was like wait what who's talking here wait okay this person okay that's the dad okay wait wait a minute okay who's the and then there was a point where they were talking about dna like his dna is a b and if a parent has dna that's a and i was like wait a minute wait wait a minute like what's it let's rewind i rewound so many times to just figure out like the logistics oh yeah because the point of it was that so Keenan, at the beginning, we think is his cousin, his dad's brother's child. Then we find out that they share a mother. So now they're half brothers. But then at the very end, we find out that he's not actually related to the man that he thought is his dad. He is the full-blooded brother of Kieran because the dad and mom's blood types can't make his blood type and he needs a lung because he got shot and i'm like well obviously kieran should be a match and needs to give up a fucking lung i think that's obvious solution give a lung also i just think an author just for the clarity's sake of your like listeners and readers to have a character named kieran and a character named keenan which are only like a few letters apart was so fucking annoying. Sometimes I was like, wait, did Kieran say that or Keenan said that? Like, Especially in audio, I bet. Uh, it was the worst. I had to rewind just to make sure I knew who the right person was who was talking. I know it's cute. Kieran and Keenan. It's not logistically cute. Like, it was hard for me to keep track of who was talking when. There was just so many things for this book for me that were, I was just like, I just don't think the young adult or that, that angsty young new adult, I don't know what it is, I, see, but I like... We do have some more coming up, Johnny. I know we do. But the thing was, I read... Some of the first books that I read were, I think it was J.A. Huss, which we don't have in this season. But I liked the books that I read from J.A. Huss. Like, they were fucking twisted, and then and, and they were young. They were, they were young and stuff. And I just felt like there was something, I don't know, to them versus these. <laughs> so I, I feel like this could be done better in a way that, like... I would actually enjoy. Well, let's talk about the last couple points of the book. Okay, but would you have felt a little bit better also if they were a little older? Like, even if they're like 22. No, because if they were 22, it would make no sense to me that she saw him like ever again. Like, how would he bully her like that? Like, bully romances really only work in high school or maybe college. But you have to be in proximity all the time, every day. Well, I feel like if he followed her to college, right? Because then there's no aunt in the picture whatsoever. There's no parents in the picture whatsoever. The whole time I'm like, where are any of the adults? Well, they went to jail. They got arrested. They were like getting like and nobody was like involved in this. I remember being in high school and there was a boy in my class who was his dad was like the head of the power department, FPL 
in Florida. And he was like a huge bully in our class. And there was like a gay kid that I used to have to walk to his class just so he wouldn't get beat up. And even that kid, I imagine that's a very powerful position for someone to have, like their parent to have. Even he couldn't get away with some of this bullshit. Like, I'm just like, what's happening in this? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why I thought they were like involved in some sort of organized crime, because they talk about how much power his uncle has, how much power Dash, his family has. The adults and teachers are afraid. So they're not only afraid because they're going to like get them fired, but like they're like afraid, afraid. So in my mind, whether or not this comes through in the future books, I was like, oh, they're clearly not just teenager boys. They're clearly the heirs to scary people. And the town is like, no, we're not dipping our toes in that shit. (laughs) That's how I sort of justified it as I read it because otherwise I agree with you. There were many times where I would like she even said in her inner monologue like oh you're not going to do anything you're just going to let me him carry me away like what the <laughs> fuck and I was like yeah that's a pretty good response it's like what the fuck it, we're in school. I do have to say so she goes to him he tells her after this whole like shooting the brother gets shot she gets kidnapped by the dad blah 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 he's like well i'm not gonna see you anymore and that's how i'm gonna solve this as if it would keep the dad from re-kidnapping her knowing that he loved her already that he's not with her made no sense i was like boys are dumb but fine and then she goes to him and like screams at him and is like basically like you can't do this to me you can't leave me here after all of this no And he's like, I don't want you anymore. And just like bounces. And I was like, first of all, you're a dick. Secondly, I think her response, which was to go visit her grandma and cry and then go stay with her aunt and uncle far away and transfer to that high school was the right response. (laughs) I was like, good for you, Lake. Good for you, girl. Yes. You transfer schools. You tell your two best friends, y'all, I love you, but not today, Satan. I am the fuck out of this high school (laughs) nonsense where no one's going to protect me. And this fool keeps, people are trying to kidnap me. People are trying to murder me. People, no, mm -mm, (laughs) no. And I think, and like her friends are like, are you sure? And I was like, they should be like, good for you, Blake. Way to get out of this abusive relationship. And then Sheldon is like, no, fuck this. And hangs up and you sort of know she's about to call either Dash or Kieran and say, she's leaving. You need to fix this. And it's like, I get where you don't, like, don't want to lose your friend, but also like recognize that she needed to leave. And so I was like, good for you. I was like, you get a whole point for that, just that. <laughs> Because that's the right decision. That's the only point she gets in this book. (laughs) There was a scene for me that encompassed all of the delusion. Just the entire delusion, which was... So, Kieran, there was a scene where Kieran basically busts a nut at her with no condom, right? Oh, after he rapes her on the floor at knife point? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He busts a nut at her, right? (laughs) She she goes after him and she's like, are we even going to talk about this? And I'm like, talk about it? Like, he he just... (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, there's nothing to talk about. And he's correct. There isn't anything to talk about. It is what it is, right? Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even say something. <laughs> she says something like, there could be a baby. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> she goes, what if I get pregnant? She thinks this in her mind. What if I get pregnant? A baby at my age would be the biggest threat to my future. Pregnant with Kieran's baby would be the biggest threat to my sanity. And I'm like, 
Yeah, bitch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go get yourself Go some get plan, plan B. B. Why are we not talking about plan B? He has nothing to do with the conversation about plan B. So to me, when she was like, are we going to talk about this? I would have been at the clinic. I would have been at Walgreens already. I would have been like, at the clinic that night. I have done that. I mean, I didn't get, thank God, raped by someone I was supposedly semi-friends with and dating at this point of the book. But I did have a condom break in college, and we went that fucking night. I was like, okay, everybody get pants on. It's time to go to the store. And we went right up to the pharmacist, and I bought myself a Gatorade and some Plan B. Took the pill right then. I was like, we're not taking it. He says, oh, we could take it within the first 48 hours. And I was like, nah, bitch, no, bitch, I'm taking it five minutes. I am not having your child. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, why are you trying to have a conversation with this man? There's no conversation needed. Take yourself to the clinic. Yeah, and to the doctor, because, like, he has had, had sex with other people. So you're like, presu- I mean, hopefully he's... I mean, honestly, I feel like it was respectful that as he was raping her, he used condoms the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. I'm going to hell for that one. But honestly, I was surprised that he used condoms the whole book, yeah. aside from that one instance. Oh, man. Because if, honestly, if you're already a child killer and you're already clearly going to take this girl against her will zero fucks you've said you belong to me you're my position it's like what is what, what lines are you drawing yeah like well, maybe he just didn't want a baby but then i would just be like i'm buying you the pill or like we're going to the doctor and you're gonna get some sort of shot so that we don't have a baby yeah i would have expected him to be like yo we're going to get plan b now or like pick it up and throw it at her and be like take this shit yeah like i don't believe in children and like want children in this terrible world and like i don't believe in love yeah for sure but the thing is he didn't even have to say any of that because there's so many times where he did not justify his actions he just did a thing and was like because i said so so i felt like he could have just threw it at her and been like take that and that's it that's the end that would have fit his character but like i just thought that this line was so delusional bridget i couldn't Oh my God, there's another line in this book where when I say I was on the floor rolling my life away, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) my partner was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I can't believe what I just read. So there is a point in time where I think it's Lake's grandmother says that love is a battlefield. And she goes, oh, you're quoting Jordan Sparks. And I was like, Jordan Sparks? Jordan Sparks? I know. I thought that was weird, too. And then I was like, maybe I just don't know who that song is. And then I was like, you know what? It's not the worst thing. I was like, and also was Jordan spelled wrong, too, with an I? I don't know, because I don't I don't see it. (laughs) But I was just like, how is Jordan Sparks Battlefield lyric? Like... (laughs) Yeah, it didn't make sense. She's like, I'm hip. I'm cool. And I was like, you know what? Old people are funny, so it's fine. I was like, let's just move on. Honestly, a lot of this book, I was like, let's move on and get to the plot points. Because, like, I do not think it can be overstated enough that this book was 100 pages too long. Especially, like, seeing, because I read the descriptions of the next book, so seeing where the next book is going and how heavily it is about his past and his family and, and all that stuff, then that should have been a bigger thing of this book. Like, that should have heavily... Like, we should have found out little details of his life throughout the whole book until the climax of, like, oh, surprise, dad's alive. 
But like to have that all happen all at once towards the end, I was like, whoa, 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 this is not the book we've been reading. So we've been reading a different book. And then now we're in a new book. (laughs) Exactly what you just said. Like, I felt like I was reading a different book entirely. And then at the end, she wants to give me all this new information and shit and whatever setting up for book two yeah so much new information setting up so setting up for book two we have keenan's in the hospital needs a new lung keenan and his girlfriend are broken up forever she says because he's been fucking his teacher and the teacher went to go visit him in the hospital and she's like we're done forever even though he's like presumably unconscious and does not know this fact yet then you have willow and dash who've been fucking around but haven't like willow's like i'm not gonna date you because you're a fuck boy and dash is like but i want to be with you but i'm still gonna be mean to you and treat you like i'm a fuck boy and i liked the one like good piece of advice lake gives she tells dash why don't you just be the man that she fell in love with and be nice to her like you were over the summer and he's like oh i was like intriguing intriguing tell me more yeah And then, let's see what else was set up. So his dad got away. So his dad's at large. That got set up. She is going to transfer schools, but Kieran has found out, or presumably got called and is going to find out and drag her back. But Kieran, oh wait, no, she turned him in. He's in jail now for killing two people and burning (laughs) them alive. This is all within the last two chapters of the book. It's a lot of setup. Yeah, that's a whole lot of setup for the next book. And I feel like some of these things could have happened in this book and they could have been wrapped up and finished in this book. Why do we need this book to? Where's it going? I already feel like on book two, you're going to take me on an even dumber roller coaster ride. I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. I'm not the one, Bridget. I'm not the one. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. On that perfect note, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, we're back. Shawnee. Okay, wait. Before we jump into our ratings, just really quickly... As Kieran was raised a killer, you just tell me, do you think he would be so reckless with his killings? Where there's witnesses, where people have know that, like, I feel like he was so open with it, right? Like, if I were an assassin... Like, threatening her? Yeah, even? like, threatening her, but also making the two people disappear. And she's not on Team Kieran. He's, like, intermittently raping her. She's going back and forth on it or whatever. He's trying to blackmail her or whatever. I feel like he's incredibly reckless with this. And I think if he was raised a killer for being a kid, he would just be a little bit tighter. No, I think he would just be, like, on the edge of losing it at all times. <laughs> like, flame on the... From- Especially after, like, finding out that he killed his own mother slash his now cousin brother's mother, who he loved. And that she raised this other boy and didn't come to find him. And also, like, he's now been in normal society for 10 years. So he's been trying to, as, like, Keenan says, like, he's trying to be the better version of himself, but he doesn't know how to be. And so he's always fighting to not be the other him. So in general, I feel like probably he could have been more careful. But he also, like, isn't really, like, I was, like, unclear. Like, would he really have killed her aunt? That was always, like, the thing for me is, like, I feel like it should have been clear either way. Yeah. Like, the thread is real, so I can commiserate with Lake more and feel more on her side. 
or the threat is not real. And I want to be able to have her recognize that at some point that he manipulated her, but that he's not as bad as she thought. So obviously he's horrible, but he's not like level five horrible. He's like level four horrible. Well, I mean, I agree with you in the the first part of your statement, which is like one way or the other. Either like I would love for him to be a level five or a level three, but let's choose one. You know what I mean? Oscillating back and forth is tough. Yeah, and his friends are trying to put like good words in for him, but then like it's again, this book feels like it's gaslighting me as a reader. I don't enjoy that feeling. But yeah, it was like oh. anyway, let's get to our ratings because I I just I can't. <laughs> what did you think of Lake? Lake got a big fat one for me because we don't go lower <laughs> than a one. <laughs> I gave her a two because she did at the end finally wake up and smell the coffee and remove herself she had already filed her transfer papers she had already talked and found a place to stay and so that is why i gave her a two and also she thought he was a murderer and so she turned him into the police which i think was straight up bush league but also i like in going with this character theme i'm like okay she finally is like oh nothing i ever do will make this boy be a good person and oh shit he just burned two people alive I got to get the fuck out of here. So that's why she got two instead of one. I cannot agree with you. I I hear you. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. And I totally agree that I actually hated that she turned him in at the end of the book. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, really? This is... You should have just bounced. Yes. You had a whole year of torment because he thought that you were the one who framed him. Now he knows you're the one who's putting him in jail. He's going to murder you and all your friends. He's going to murder the shit out of you. But like, I wish she had just bounced. I wish she had kind of kept that code of silence at that point, like, you know, as the mafia wife. I agree. Because she was part of the gang, because it's not just him. It's like, now you've endangered Dash is going to go to jail as an accomplice. Keenan's going to go to jail as an accomplice. You and Sheldon knew all about it. Willow knew all about it. Like, I thought she should have kept her mouth shut, for sure. But I still gave her two for trying to change her life. I do, too. Especially because she kept her, like, she didn't say shit to this point. I'm just like, keep going with that, girlfriend. Just keep going with that. Don't say shit. You know what I mean? I'm assuming that Keenan also got a one. Keenan got a big fat one, Bridge. <laughs> He got a one for me also. I was tempted to give him a two because, again, there were like glimmers, but it wasn't consistent enough to patch together into a full uprating. You know what I mean? I would say if I could edit this whole book down into 100 pages, I could develop a four rating for Kieran. <laughs> if I could take 500 pages to 100, there's enough where I can have him be really bad at the beginning. Cut out the scene where he, like, forces her to give him her first blowjob ever. And, like, cut out the fact that the first time he takes her virginity, he fucks her all night long. She would, like, not be able to walk the next morning and have blood, like, running down her thighs. But, like, keep some of, like, the text message exchange. Keep the possessiveness, but not, like, the... I can't let you, like, see another person, but, like, keep the part where he, like, warns the basketball team not to, like, look at her. Or when he, like, growls at his brother, even though his brother's, like, hysterically, like teasing him about it like in 100 pages i could make you love him shawnee in 550 pages can't do it i actually think that to the detriment of the author so i entered a competition where we had to put together a 60 second movie right and so the first edit of the movie that i put together was eight minutes and i was like dear motherfucking god how am i going to take eight minutes down to 60 seconds for this competition so I did it like frames at a time, right? Over the course of many, many hours, 
frames, frames, frames. What can I put into the, the book? I mean, what can I put into the visual that will let people infer what I need them to infer without them actually having to see it? And I actually edited this down to 60 seconds. It's actually on my Instagram. It's called Everybody Hurts, but it's 60 seconds. And in that 60 seconds, you get the entire story with no extra bullshit. And I think that what you're talking about is something that so many authors, I think, really need to embrace. The fact that they don't need to have these long ass books for it to be a feature length book. Get it like really tight and get rid of all the extra stuff that you don't need. There was a line in the book that I almost wrote it down because when it went by, I was like, why did you say that? She basically had a line that inferred the information and then she stated the information. Right. That, I mean, that allowed you to infer the information and then stated it. And I was like, you've put two, like one too many sentences here. And that happened a bunch of times, like in the book. And I was like, this just makes it longer. And you're saying the same thing twice. So, like, I wish and hope that authors will start to really embrace getting down to that tight 100 or... <laughs> I don't think Kindle Unlimited... Well, I don't think this book needed to be 100 pages. I mean, I certainly think there's enough meat where it could have been comfortably 250 to 300 page book. But I do think that Kindle Unlimited doesn't make a case for authors to edit because they get paid based on how many pages you read. Yeah, but now I will not read another book from this author. So she is max... You won't, but people loved this. So they're fucking reading all five. It's true, but now you've max... Now you're getting a reputation for not being that good. You're, you're a middle-of-the-road author right now. For you, I know, but Shawnee, I'm saying, uh, but take a moment and appreciate how many five-star reviews she had. She's a middle-of-the-road, I mean, she's not a middle-of-the-road author for us, but like for other people, she people love this book. And so for the niche, she's getting a lot more patriots. I'm just saying in general, that model of paying not per book, but per page count. Like if we were writing a book, let's say, and we were debating between... But that's disrespectful, Bridget. It's disrespectful. I don't care what nobody says. Don't just, because you're trying to get more money out of me, you're going to write and lead me on in a story. I don't know that it encourages them to lead you on. I think it maybe encourages them to put more plots and more things in. And I don't think that that's obviously a great idea, typically, because it's hard to build worlds. I mean, there's so many fantasy authors that I love and there's a ton of plot and there's a ton, there's different courts and there's different fucking politics happening. There's so much going on and those books are incredibly long, but the fabric of it is all woven in such a way that you're like riveted. But I don't think like a high school plot can contain that much because they had to bring in an entire other ecosystem of his childhood and these bad people and his dad and whatever to sustain any sort of like larger story because high school is high school. I mean, there's like only so much that you can have happen. Like there's only so many days and years in a high school. There's only some, you know, things before people are like going to college. Or so you obviously she wanted to write a second, third, fourth, fifth book, right? I felt like book one could have just been the story of them coming together and maybe the introduction or maybe the killing of the two students and them trying to figure out what happened there and the police chase in that moment. Boom. That could have been its own snack here. And then the introduction of the dads and the, the extra outlying plot or whatever. Boom. There you go. You got a little you got some fries. You know what I'm saying? You got a little burger and fries now. Like, I can't imagine what's in book two. That is going to make it so much more riveting to read and where like we're like we're just going to be chasing these same plot lines and there's going to be a lot of them. Like we're going to try to round out all the plot lines in one book. And I felt like you can round out 
some plot lines in book one and have maybe one that carries over and then you can introduce another one if you want in that book as well but like i don't know it was a lot i was actually super shocked by the amount of five star reviews of the book i was shocked this book is like almost four stars on goodreads and i'm like how like how possibly how but again, I'm not a young adult. Well, not only are not a young adult, I mean, I don't think young adults are really reading this book. I mean, maybe some of them are. But. No, no, I mean, I'm not a young adult reader. Like, I'm not a fan of the angst of the, the teen years. When I was a teen, I was not a fan of the teen years. Do you know what I mean? I was always reading books that were, like, ahead. I basically only, I know, but, like, I like it when it's, like, on TV, I don't mind if it's just, like, regular high school. Like, 10 Things I Hate About You or something like that, but... I prefer mine when it is fantasy or supernatural because even then if they're like, let's say they're 17 years old, it doesn't really matter that they're 17 years old. All you need to know is that they're like thrust into a situation where they're not prepared and they have to figure out how to fix the world or save the whatever or grow into becoming a queen or yada, yada, yada. So they have to learn, figure out who to trust and how to learn how to trust. But those books aren't so much, I mean, technically the characters are young, but them being young is not based in like a modern society youngness. At 17 in a lot of these books, like they're supposed to be getting married already or they've already turned down multiple suitors. And so you're like, for me, I don't really think of characters like that as being young. Whereas in this, in this, they're like reminding me all the time that they're in high school in English class. And I'm like, I don't care about that so much. <laughs> I don't care about school so much as they're already. I'm with you. But visually, I enjoy seeing it more than I enjoy reading it, I have discovered. In fantasy and those, like, I think the younger characters are required to have a high level of maturity or they're forced to gain that maturity very quickly in the story. And in this, I feel like I stayed in the same maturity level for the entire book. And it wasn't one that I my brain enjoyed. It was like a get it together. Like, where's your big sister? Somebody needs to step in here. And the thing is, I don't want this to come across that I, that I am not for the like dark romance. Because honestly, I don't care that there's no consent or whatever as a part of the book. I accept that in dark romance, I, I accept that, that there may not be consent and that, that the main characters may have to come back from a no, no consent situation or that it might happen many, many times or they might be traded in slavery and, and like sold off, right? I just want you to lean into that, right? So like the books you're reading before, they're all, you're always trying to find a spark of gold in, in, a, in a bad character. And that's the same in this. I feel like there were some moments where it was supposed to be like a spark of gold in a bad character. I'm like, lean into that bad character, man. Let him just own that shit. Like, if he's not looking for love, he's not doing this, let him lean into that and let there be no hope or barely any hope. Or like, let her love him anyways. Yeah. My friend was telling me that there's a book, a book series, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but it's all based on psychopaths, people who cannot love, but they're like, but they like want to, right? And that the romance is literally centered around the person choosing to love that psychopath, even though they know that purely they are a psychopath. And there's no redemption. The love story is that they've just, they've come to accept each other exactly as they are. <laughs> Which uh, if I think of the name, I'll like post it on, on Instagram or something. But I'm going to read those books next because I'm like, I want to read a book where like, if you're going to tell me stark romance and the person's going to be twisted, let's go. And for this book to me, I felt like he was dark and twisted, but they wanted you to try to find redemption. But the redemption was not redemptive. 
Well, it was too much back and forth. So he was like, at one point, it was like a nice slow growth. And like, he called her baby for the first time. And then he like, so like kissed her in the hallway and claimed her. And then we just like sharp drop back. Which, I mean, when you have that much trauma, it's, it's probably like realistic. But it's like, I don't want realism. I want you to tell me a story. <laughs> I just felt like I would have accepted if... After when he starts to be a little bit nicer to her, he didn't have to go full nice, but there was a shift. He knew that she didn't turn him in. So there was a shift. And now they had a slightly different kind of relationship. And like, this is the grooming for that mafia partnership. Like that I would have been down for. Sure. He's not actively torturing her in public anymore. Exactly. He's treating her with, he still doesn't like it when she challenges him. He still is possessive and tells her what she can and cannot do. But... He's also treats her with respect and doesn't make her life miserable. That's all I needed. That's all the shift I needed. He doesn't, he makes her life, he doesn't, I don't know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say he treats her with respect. I'm going to say he treats her with a slight bit of more respect, maybe. And he's not as psychopathic with her in general, because I do like some element of that crazy or whatever. I just need him to be less, to grow a little. I don't need him to actually be good now. I just need him to grow a little. And that'll help me to go on her journey where she starts seeing him more as a little bit more human or whatever. But again, that's like all the books we've read so far. The asshole with the heart of gold underneath there somewhere. Like, I'll do it, but it's all the books we've been reading, you know? And I'm like, I just want to see something different. And we're going to go in dark romance. I don't care. I don't care if there's some non-consent. Just let's lean into what's happening. Well, you guys, if you know of any dark romances like Shawnee's talking about that are on Audible, let us know. Because we are still recording for this season. And if we have to swap out a book last minute, we will swap out a book we'll last minute. We'll swap out a book. We'll swap out a book. We will swap a book. <laughs> so let us know on Instagram, Romance at a Glance. Let us know. Drop us a review and let us know. We'll send you some stickers. You can do that by going into the show notes and popping that link. Yeah. Or DM us. Like. DM us. I like DMs. Slide into them DMs. (laughs) Slide on in. Slide on in, baby. Shani, I should skip right to our favorite review. I guess do it. And I would like to tell you mine first because I thought it was fucking hysterical. I don't agree with her rating, but her review made me so, so joyful. Her name is Jody Bibliophile. She rated it four stars. And she said, in all caps, what the bloody fuck? Holy fucking shit. I have been on one hell of a fucking ride. Jesus fuck. I'm all over the place. I mean, I was fucking warned about this fucker up a book, but I didn't quite believe it until now. Fuck me. I've lost sleep from this fucking story. I'm talking angst and a whole lot of fucked up the most hottest fucking way. Kieran fucking masters. Fuck my face. I want to fucking mount you. You're one of the most cuntish characters I've ever met. And I still want to choke on your dick. And I was like... That is a lot of fucks, even for me. And I approve of that review. Not the content necessarily, but the delivery, I think, was on point. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, the thing about, I'll just say, about, like, some of the sex scenes or whatever. Like, some of them I thought were, like, I would have thought were super hot if they were just delivered in a different context or slightly different packaging like i couldn't get behind him to like feel sexy in the sex scene so when i i know that what i'm not feeling it when i want to fast forward through the sex scenes that's when i'm like and i wanted to fast forward so bad but i was rewinding so much i was like afraid to fast forward all right so my favorite review i put three of them together because (laughs) because i just thought these three were funny so i'm gonna read 
I'm gonna read it all together, but this is actually like ex excerpts of like three different people's reviews. It was, good God, what the ever-loving hell have I just read? <laughs> and then let's begin with the positive things here. What did I like? Silence. Crickets are chirping in near distance. The wind is whistling. Hay bales are rolling around. Okay, my brain is drawing a blank. Moving on. <laughs> and then <laughs> this one said, I love dark and gritty books, but this book definitely wasn't for me. I understand that it's fiction and not everything has to be realistic, but come on. The story seems completely unbelievable and ridiculous to me. The heroine is too stupid to live. The only thing this book made me do was roll my eyes a lot. <laughs> and I was like, yes, ditto. <laughs> I did say out loud numerous times, what? That's, no, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> and then I was like, I just got to push through. I just have to finish this book so I can read it with Shawnee. Both my kids today, because they were home from school, and both my kids today were like trying to get my attention and get me to play with them. And I was like, this book is so long. I have to read you guys. Go play by yourself. When you have to push through around. a book, you know it's a DNF. Yeah. <laughs> Especially me, like... I feel like I could probably have read this book like at least half an hour faster or maybe 45 minutes faster if I was like excited about it. But it was a slow read for me. It was a wow, 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 wow. And I actually think for me it was two stars. Here's the thing. It would have been one star because I would have DNF'd. But because he had to read the whole book, I was like probably two stars because there were some moments that I was like, these are okay. But overall, I did not like the book, but I didn't hate it, but I did not like it. So You know what that reminds me of, Bridget? Okay. But it would be a one-star DNF if we weren't reviewing. But I had to read <laughs> the whole thing, so I'll give it two stars. So that is the equivalent of when your friend has, like, a boyfriend and they beat them in the face, right? And you're like, what the fuck, man? You should leave that boy. And they're like, but he has a good heart. That's the equivalent of giving this book a two star. This book does not have a good heart. This book is a DNF bridge. <laughs> I'm saying I had to read the whole thing. Book so it's sucked. two stars for me, Shawnee. It would have been one because I would have DNF, but I did have to read the whole thing, so I gave it two. Fine. I will respect your decision. However, I do not agree, and I'm rolling my eyes at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shawnee, everyone knows that you hate this book. So that's pretty evident by this podcast. <laughs> I want the next one to be better. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. All right, you guys, that's all we have for you today. As you can tell, not one of our favorites, but our journey into dark romance continues all season long. So we hope that you'll stick around. And if dark romance isn't your thing, I don't know why you'd still be listening at this point, but maybe you are. And don't worry, we're going to be in some other fun things coming on up. All right, Bridget, let's do it. May your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Giggawsas! Come on, y'all. Take us to the dark side. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.